kaboom, I'm here, see. Oh, mercy, thoughts and thoughts and thoughts and little. Yes, it, hey, it's coming through good here. La da 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 Oh, mercy, thoughts and thoughts and thoughts and little. Is it I see? Hello, testing. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, we're on the air. We're on the radio. Bring it up, Baker. All the way up. Terrific little comment in the Village Voice about the current guru that's making the rounds, you know, Maharishi. And a little line there, and it said, uh, Has anyone seen what Erwin Corey is doing lately? Just has anyone seen... Uh, <laughs> just, uh, has anyone seen Erwin Corey and the Maharishi at the same time? Just uh, thought you... Oh, no, my feeling about the about the Maharishi is that uh, he's, it's, it's warmed over Norman Vincent Peale slightly with a beard which of course makes it a little more official so uh, would you please bring on the salute to the yogi wherever he might be tonight just Jerry that's right of course no 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 the number one one that's just the first one there just bring it on that's it very good oh very good oh there we go oh look at the gang now it's just me and my shadow oh yeah. Rose. Rose of Washington Square, a flower so rare. <laughs> Of Washington Square. There you go. Yes, there is. Plenty of roses down there in Washington Square. Just got to be awful careful, though. You know what I was speaking of? Oh, I'll tell you, time to... I'm, I'm glad to note, though, that once again, that man is moving forward. And uh, part of our little shtick here every night, of course, is to uh, keep us abreast, attempt to keep us abreast, of course, with the rapidly crumbling international relations. Uh, everything popping all over the place. Next thing you know, we'll have, have a big fireworks display. But, uh, you know, and, uh, I'm not being funny about it. It's just, uh, after all, there it is. And uh, keep you abreast with uh, the way things are on the, on the other front. You know, the other front is uh, always seeming to run parallel to, uh, you know, the bad stuff. Now, I'd like to uh, salute tonight man's fantastic ingenuity. I have just received word from uh, one of the major news services that a patent has been applied for, it's been gained, and already the first models are off the assembly line and they're being used. Do you know that you can now buy a motorized surfboard? And uh, now that's a step forward. I mean, the next step, I think, is going to be motorized roller skates. 
you know that already you can buy an electronic fishing reel that has built-in thermostats and a judge. Oh, yes, it does, every, it does everything except go out and club the fish to death. And, uh, you know, while you sleep. And the seven decorator shades. So, uh, ultimately, I suspect that man will be able to get not do anything. Uh, just sit around and let it all happen all around him. In fact, uh, well, well, recently there was a thing, in, I think, in the New York Times where, where uh, one of the great science fiction writers, also a scientist, was projecting in the future. He says, uh, it is true that at this point that the computer uh, does not have sensitivity. So, but that does not say that the computer will not always not have sensitivity, that the day is coming when you're, we're going to develop a very nervous, sensitive, and uh, highly emotional, and that's the key word, a highly emotional uh, computer. And, of course, the next thing you're going to have after that, you're going to have... Uh, well, you're going to have computers that are going to disagree with other computers. And since you're going to have emotional computers, you're going to have computer love affairs. And ultimately, there will be uh, Who's Afraid of IBM 726G, uh, a play. And there will be two computers battling it out there on the stage. One will be drunk, and the other will be walking around hollering about he's being emasculated or... Uh, detransistorized or something. Incidentally, there's been a lot of talk, you know, about this whole new, the morality of uh, of the heart transplant thing. Well, uh, the whole subject, the whole medical subject of transplantation is an interesting subject anyway. And I remember uh, as a kid, now, um, I'm a little kid saying, the, I had this old man, and uh, he used to sit around, and he was a, a true Radio DX nut. Now, he didn't listen to radio shows. That doesn't mean to say he sat down and listened to the A&P Gypsies. He did not listen to Bing Crosby or any of this stuff. He was an a, he was a, a DX nut. Now, what is a DX nut? Do you, you know what the word DX means, any of you out there? Well, the word DX means distant reception. It's an international code sign like QST, QSL, QSO, QRS. QRS means you're talking too fast, Jack. Uh, all these various things are international phrases, and the word DX means to listen for a far-distant signal. Well, now, there are certain people, uh, the DX cuckoos are a world of their own, and the old man was a DX cuckoo. Now, one thing that all DX cuckoos have, that have in common is they're fanatics for keeping records. They don't just sit and listen and say, Oh, look, listen, it's Cincinnati, wow. The old man kept very detailed records, and he had these big charts, and the, he had little cross lines. He would say, a frequency, 710. And then he would say, station heard, W-O-R. And then it would say, city, New York. And then he would say, program heard, guy blabbering. And then he would <laughs> time, 642, position on the dial, 28, or whatever it was he heard this thing on. And he got this radio. See, he used to, used to get up on the roof. I'll never forget the time that he, he's up on the roof one night trying to fix his antenna. He had this antenna up there. It was a big flat-top antenna that had the lead-in down. And uh, he was getting all this crackling on the radio. He had all this crackling all the time. And he says, it must be my antenna. He says, I'm having trouble with the lead-in. He was, he was a true uh, popular mechanics basement-type expert on anything. <laughs> and he never, it never occurred to him that he didn't know anything about it. So he knew all about it. He says, it's the antenna. So he's up on the antenna up on the roof one night, and um, it was only after he was up on the roof for 15 minutes 
that he discovered why he was getting crackling. There was a major thunderstorm about to break in the neighborhood, and most of it was about to break in the form of six trillion volt lightning bolts into our antenna, which, you know, the old man would have made a great lightning rod, standing up there in one hand with the touching the clouds and the other hand touching the ground and zap, KDKA. But uh, nevertheless, he, he had this fantastic thing about the X. Well, I'm always watching him, see. Our kid, you know, kids, have you seen these, uh, uh, these spots on the radio these days? Uh, they're on the radio and they're also on TV about uh, how impressionable kids are. I think it's the American Cancer Society's got this thing. Well, they're very accurate because that's true. And it has nothing to do with Freudian problems. Kids just watch the old man. See, just watch him constantly. And, um, the old man, uh, let's say, every time he folds his paper to read the editorial page, he goes, Well, the kid's watching that scene. Well, 40 years later, the same guy who was an ex-kid is folding his paper back, and he's going, And the people around us say, well, you, Why do you always do that? It's, well, I've got something on my throat, that's all. What it is, he's got this deep-seated thing way back that when you fold the paper back and look at the editorial page, a little thing goes off in his brain, and it says, Hey, hey, Fred, go brack. Bump, bork, brack, brack. Crapple. That's what the old man did. When you do that, you're really reading the editorial page. Okay? Well, all right, so here, same scene. The old man sitting at the table. He's finishing supper. And uh, he's been shoveling in the meatloaf and drinking the blats, beer. And uh, he's sitting there. He looks up from the table now. His BVDs are kind of having hanging half-mast. He looks around. He says, Dad! Oh, what a meal. Oh, that really hit the spot. Do they use that expression here in the East, the Afate East? That meal really hit the spot. That's a true Midwest. No, I guess not. None of you know the expression. But that's used. Uh, it, it's a common, uh, not, in fact, a continual expression in the, in the Midwest. That really hit the spot. And so he leans back and says, <laughs> Boy, oh, what a great meal. Oh, man, that really hit the spot. Well, the kid is seeing his see. You know, a real window rattler. You know, the kind that comes right up, right up from the pancreas. And you can just see the, the Venetian blinds shudder and the walls change color for a minute. You know, the, well, 40 years later, the same kid, he sits back in his chair at the Horn and Hard Arts and says, ha, ha, really hit the spot. Wah! You can't escape it. These are the subtle things. And so I'm a kid, and the old man, and this is connected with the whole morality of transplantation. I say, I've not lost the theme. The old man used to sit in front of the radio, scrunched over. We had this Scott. Did you ever hear of a radio called the E.H. Scott? Well, the E.H. Scott in its day, not H.H. Now, that's a different outfit. The E.H. Scott was the Ferrari of radios in the old man's time. And he, by dint of uh, some judicious pool playing, saving... Uh, taking a lot of milk bottles back for the deposit, uh, scrimping, my mother not getting a permanent, uh, <laughs> thousands of things. He finally managed to buy himself the greatest thing he ever had in his life was his Scott radio. 
Now, this Scott Radio was the, the name of it. I remember it was called the DX10. DX10. And a great big dial, airplane dial all over the front that had things that said shortwave, police calls, you know, all the sticks. And the old man would sit there some nights and he'd just sit and watch the radio and listen to the police calls. And you'd hear, and the old man says, listen to that. Crime everywhere. And he got to be a great police call fan. He'd listen to police calls. And then he began to search out esoteric stations between the big stations. Now, most of you guys that listen to the radio, you listen to the big stations. You know, you got your radio, you hear WCBS, WRCA, you hear WNBC, you hear... WOR and WABC and all that. But if you were to tune in between, let's say, here, WR, we're at 710. If you were to tune between WOR, and let's see, uh, uh, NBC is on 660, right? Well, there's a lot of empty space there in between. What you do is tune right in the middle of all that and crank your gain up <laughs> as high as it'll go. Now, your radio instantly will go... <laughs> You'll hear thousands of voices. It's the Tower of Babel. You'll hear them beseeching. You'll hear them crying and weeping. You'll hear the voices of evangelistic preachers calling for the sinners to get down on their knees. You'll hear guys selling chickens in Tennessee. You'll hear guys plucking and singing guitars. You'll hear organs playing, accompanied by the Hearts Mountain Canaries. You'll, you'll hear it all. I'll tell you. Just turn up. The, that reminds me, speaking of the Canaries, this is WOR, the friendly voice of Broadway. Uh, Siri, radio, free bro. By the way, friends, I, a little note here. thought you might like to know about this. A little note here. We have a commercial coming up, and I have a little note that relates completely to it. A, a British psychologist. Now, listen carefully, friends. A British psychologist has determined that beer is a sex substitute for the Englishman. Of course, that doesn't apply to you, Alfred in Queens. <laughs> as, as Freud said, you know, he says, let's, gentlemen, remember, a cigar is also a good cigar. Right? Let's also remember, a beer is a good snooth ball. Hit the button there. For a cold, cold Get the cold one, the bold one. Miller Highlight Beer, now in champagne golden cans. For a cold, cold one, you get the gold, gold one. Miller Highlight Beer, now in champagne golden cans. Now at your favorite beverage store, Miller Highlight, in gleaming, glistening champagne golden cans. Have a golden time with man-sized, cold, bold flavor in Miller High Life Beer. Miller High Life Beer, now in Champagne Golden Cane. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee. I think that I shall never hear a poem lovelier than beer. The brew that Joe's Bar has on tap with golden base and snowy cap. <laughs> the foamy stuff I drink all day Until my memory fades away Poems are made by fools like me But only Miller 
can make a beer. <laughs> oh, wow. It's insane. At the, oh, do we have another one in there? All right, hit the hit the little thingy there. That's I got the motor which is money and the body which is dead. The Mirage Corporation presents the winner of two New York Film Critics Awards. Best Picture of the Year in the Heat of the Night. Best Actor, Rod Steiger. C, Sidney Poitier and Rod Steiger in the Heat of the Night. All over New York on Premier Showcase. Best Picture, Best Actor in the Heat of the Night. Also, the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. Both in color from United Artists. It's a Transamerica Corporation. Check newspapers for theaters. La da da tia da tia. Check newspapers for theaters. Da da famous last words. Da 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 da. Da When John Murray wants a cigarette, this is in Dowry, Scotland. He puts a handful between two slices of bread and munches away. John eats roughly nine cigarette sandwiches a day. I'm just quoting here. I like to start that day with a cigarette, Murray, a Scotsman, said Sunday. But doing it my way, I said, well, I like my cigarettes with a little mayonnaise. I just thought you ought to know there's a lot of things into the midnight sun, friends. Cabbages and kings. Well, I'm sitting there. Oh, oh one more thing before we go any further. Don't forget tomorrow night. This is Thursday. Tomorrow night. We'll be at old, big, fat old Middlesex High School. It is kind of fat, I understand. But uh, we are doing it on behalf of the Raritan Valley Hospital. And uh, I understand there was a great uh, story in the Middlesex Courier today about the show. So if you are in that area, it's on Route 28, I believe. I don't have the dope here, but it's on Route 28. And it's going to be at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. And if you, let's see, I don't know whether or not they have any more tickets available at the hospital. But in any event, uh, I wish, I don't have the number, but you can find out the number what the Raritan Valley Hospital is. But in any event, uh, we will be there, and there should be some tickets at the door, right? Yeah, I don't know here. But that's Raritan Valley, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. And it's going to be big. You know, uh... Though this thing of the of the DX is uh, kind of a fascinating, uh, when I hear all this talk about the uh, the business of the transplant, I remember the old man scrunched down, say, and listening to his his E H Scott DX ten. Well, all kinds of stuff would come in, and I was generally too little to understand what it was all about. It was just all this whistling and hollering, and he used to say, "Shh, be quiet, will ya?" And his head is up near the speaker there, and you could hear this voice. And then you'd hear the music, and he's trying to find out what station it is, and he's logging it. And he had these logs called white radio logs. You ever hear of them? Well, white radio logs apparently listed all the radio stations everywhere by frequency and by call letter and by city and all that stuff. And he's got this fantastic collection of, of radio stations that he's heard all over the country. But he became particularly interested in one radio station. And I'm going to award the Brass Figliggy with Bronze Oak Leaf Palm. Because, no, it was not. There was, a, there was a guy down south somewhere. Now, if you, if, you know, we have the idea today. We really do. We believe that, that uh, we're in an enlightened age more than earlier days. People talk about uh, such things as censorship and so on. 
Well, there was one guy who owned his own radio station, and he was down south someplace. It was a big 50 kilowatt. And the call letters were the same as his initials. You know, it's like uh, if your name is uh, Joe Glotz, you would have uh, WJG, something like that. It's a call that's got your own initials in it. And every night, the old man would sit in front of the radio, and this guy would come on. And he had this southern dialogue. And when I heard that spot there with Rod Steiger, you know, you know how Rod Steiger's always playing phony southerners? He doesn't quite make it as a southerner, you know. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, he, he's always playing the southern. He always plays them the same way. And uh, there was this, this voice would come out, and he had this deep voice, this character, whoever he was, and it was ringing with emotion. He was not a preacher, but he had the same kind of sound in his voice, the same evangelical anger about uh, iniquity and sin. But you know what his thing was that he was bugged about? Chain stores. I don't know. Everybody's got something bugging them. And this guy used to come on and say, he'd just say, friends, radio audience, I want to tell you tonight that the evil, that the chain stores are bringing on the ordinary working man of these here United States. I'm not going to come to pass until long after you and I are gone. And the day that that comes to pass, all those chains of the A&P. Who is the A&P? Who are their people, huh? We all know that the local friendly grocer that we've got downstairs, we all know that Fred or Charlie is our grocer. Well, this guy used to go on. The old man sitting there fascinated by this. And he would go on for hours and talk about obscenity. This guy used to use words, I'm, I'm serious, the kind of words that even today you just don't see on the walls of the subway. They haven't even gone that far. And, and uh, I remember one line, as kids, I'm, I'm in, the, in the living room, the old man's got the radio going. It's probably the only time in the history of radio listening that, uh, that mothers would come into the room and say, turn that guy off, the kids are listening. He would say things like this. There ain't nobody up there in Washington with the, what did they call it, the Federal Communications Commission going to tell me what I'm going to say on my radio. And if I want to say blankety blank blank about them blankety blank operators of them blankety blank chain stores, I'll say blankety blank. Now, if you want to come down here tonight, you Federal Communications Commission, I'll Indian wrestle you anytime, you blankety blank. The old man is fascinated. Now, I'm not inventing this. This guy became world famous. As a matter of fact, whenever you read trivia questions, all, all people are always talking about network shows. But this guy had a bigger radio audience than Fred Allen ever had. And it, his radio station covered the nation like a blanket. I'm telling you, it was like, like the bubonic plague. He put out a signal. Now, I will, I will award the brass figure with bronze oak leaf palm if any of you know the name of this. He, he has to be in any history. Uh, of, of communications, and uh, Marshall McLuhan might not know about him, but man, this guy, this guy was a true pop art character. Well, the old man every night would come home, and he, he got to be a fan of this guy. See, at the yeah, he'd love this guy. This guy would come in, he had this deep southern voice. He'd say, he'd say, and I want now, now I want all you listeners. He sounded a little bit like a uh, like a hyperthyroid Barry Farber. Uh, if you can imagine, <laughs> it's a, now I want, now I want all you listeners out there, now all my friends, all my fellow listeners, 
I want all of you out there to sit down and I want you to write a letter. Now, I know a lot of you folks can't write good. Now, I know a lot of you folks just can't write as good as you should. But I want all of you to write down. I want you to write a letter to your congressman. And I want you to, if, if, even if you can't write your name, I want you to put your X. You put it down on a postcard and you get your friend, some friend of yours who can write. You get him to write a card saying, I don't want none of them blankety blank. I want none of them blankety blank chain stores in my neighborhood. And you'll never get elected again if you allow that AP company to come here and you sign it with your X. And now, folks, it's him time. Well, uh, <laughs> well, this guy was fantastic. He really, he really laid it out. And he, and uh, he had he had somebody in the in the in his studio there who would play the organ. It wasn't a religious show at all. Anything but. It was to talk about a blasphemous show. And uh, he used to carry on a running battle with uh, with the clergy. And uh, I remember one day, <laughs> oh, the old man, the old man loved this thing. And he would come on and say, and I, I got a letter here. Now, I want, I want all you folks to listen to this letter. I got a letter here from, from a reverend, a reverend. <laughs> he calls himself a reverend. And that reverend says, anybody that talks like you do on the radio must have a soul that is going to burn in hell. Now, folks, I want you, he used to carry on a running battle. And the old man sitting there digging this whole scene. Well, right next to him. Now, I'll award you a, a, a brass big biggie, friends, if any of you out there know the name of this great, unsung, un, uh, un, uh, unheralded America today. You know, he's just a, he's got to be in every radio history. But right next to him was another guy. And I'm, I'm just a kid. See, I'm digging all this. I'm listening to the old man, watching him. And uh, he, he tuned in very carefully. He had this Scott... DX10 had a very had a very uh, touchy dial because if you jumped up and down on the floor, he would uh, like move 42 kc, you know, lose his whole signal, and so we had to tiptoe around on eggs when the old man is DXing, and right next to him on the dial was this other guy, who was another maverick in the world of radio, and he had this radio station. This was this was further south. It was actually in the south, but more west. A great big radio station. I mean, this thing must have had 600 trillion watts. And not only that, they over-modulated the whole bitch. You know, this signal came splattering through. And I'll tell you what this guy did. he come on, and he, he also had a kind of southern accent. He said, folks, I know that a lot of you folks out there have been suffering from aging process. I know that many of you have been going through a change of life. I know that lots of you out there have been wondering just where all the pleasures of life have flown. Well, our new operation, which we are now performing at our hospital here, brings back all kinds of, of life and vitality to people everywhere. And now I'm going to bring to you, to this microphone, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to bring a patient who has just concluded his operation here and... Uh, would you please bring him to the microphone, Sister Ken? There, here, he's coming up the microphone now. And here is Mr. J.G. of Dismal Seepage, Mississippi, who is here to give his own personal testimony on how our wonderful work here at the hospital and at the clinic has helped him to renew his interest in all the life around him. And now, would you please step to the microphone, J.G.? 
<laughs> well, folks, I just want to say that here, God bless the clinic. I want to say that my life has changed, has changed a thousand percent since I heard about the wonderful work that's being done here at the clinic. And I just want to say, all you folks, please send in that postcard because it could change your life. I thank you very kindly. Thank you, J.G., and that was J.G. And now, just a moment, folks, our our famous warbling birds are going to sing a song for you here, and we got a request. And this guy was on the air across the border, largely. <laughs> And he was in the transplant business long before the transplant business became popular. And he, the old man, sit there and listen to this. He's really fascinated by all this stuff. And he would, he would, he would tune back and forth between these two stations, and the two of them would be vying it out, battling it out for the for the attention of thousands, millions, trillions of listeners. All of them sitting there digging. Well, I'm a kid. Did anybody get the name of the guy? Not one guy. You mean to tell me not one person knows the name of that famous man out there? I can't believe it. <laughs> well, how come you know, Herb? Well, of course, you're in radio. You know about this. But uh, he is one of the great unsung heroes. And then there was, then there was, then there was another one. Of course, these, these things go, go on and on. There was another one that broadcast from down below the border somewhere. 500,000 watts. And they're just splattering. And uh, this this uh, this outfit was like a general store on wheels. Did somebody get it? Oh yeah. No no no. Come on, it was not Harold Ickes. <laughs> oh man, it's a it's a great wide world, you know. But uh, this guy, this there was another guy, and I guess the reason I'm doing this tonight, I suppose, because. Uh, I, I was reminded of this when all this talk when I when I heard of you know the talk of the yogi. There were millions of yogis, by the way, out of the air in those days. And it was one show, which uh, which I I to this day I can't believe was actually on. You know this uh, this business of the interest in the deep mystic uh, contemplation of the navel. Uh, today is a thing most people read about, but there was a show. That was broadcast, and it was broadcast pretty much around the country. Now I don't know whether it was ever broadcast here in uh, in New York City, but radio used to have a fantastic variety long before you know before they discovered the uh, the, the whole idea of radio is to play records and, and read the news. But there was a fantastic variety that had nothing to do with Jack Benny and nothing to do with guys like uh, Fred Allen. There was a show called The All Seeing Swami. Now, I'm not kidding you. And he, he had an all-seeing Swami church. <laughs> and it, it was all, I'm serious, it was, a, it was a radio Swami all across the country. And, and this was another one that the old man listened to. And it would come on with an oriental gong. And you'd hear dead silence. And the announcer would say, stay tuned for the mystic Swami who follows in just a moment. And then you'd hear... <laughs> the sound of a, of a gigantic temple gong. <laughs> and then this voice would come on with an echo chamber. And he would go, Allah, 
，好了，叭呀哇哇哇呀哇啦，咣 ，another gong. And then there would be a pregnant pause, and the announcer would once again come in. Welcome to the Mystic Swami Hour. And tonight, the Mystic Swami, who has been contemplating the great rose-petaled complexities of the eternal universe since our last broadcast, brings you the result of his countless years of meditation. The Mystic Swami, who has transmigrated through hundreds of worlds and lives. In the past centuries, now arrives in the 20th century with his meditations in the Mystic Swami Meditational Church, and now the Mystic Swami. And off in the distance, you would hear the sound of temple flutes. And then the Mystic Swami would come on. He would say, "Allah, come on, Allah, penalawaya." Oh, friends. Those are the simple mystic words of the meditations as we sit upon the limpid pool of life's lotus lake, contemplating the endless, ever-changing, always unfolding seasons: summer, fall, winter, spring. And so I call upon. All of you out there in the great mystic distance of the far-seeing radio church, I call upon you to bow your head in meditation and sit in yoga position number four, which you will find in our booklet. We have sent to you, and we wish to thank you for all your wonderful kind. Beneficent offerings, which has enabled us to carry on our mystic meditation everywhere on the radio, and now assume possession number four, and I will read to you from the works of my great contemporary, Masnavasnyaka Hotasnenjana Laja, who spent an entire lifetime contemplating the infinite. In the great mountains outside of Afghanistan, and now we meditate. All of us, all bird, all sky, all wind, all sand, all soil, all human, all man, clothing of her upward, all man, always searching. Hand kalabata la mot ni na pat na la mot ni hu. I call upon all. All beseech all and all humanity think beautiful thoughts and wish upon the bird and the bees, O Lord Mother. And I wish to, I wish to bless all of you out there in Radio Land. Thank you, thank you. I meditate now upon all of your soul. You have just been listening to the Mystic Swami. If you wish to see these wonderful broadcasts, bringing meditation and peace of soul to all the radio listeners everywhere, please send a small offering to Mystic Swami in care of this radio station, and to all who send 
a beneficent offering, the mystic Swami's own book with his eight yogi positions, which are often used during his periods of meditation, will be mailed to you free of charge. Stay tuned for the news, which follows in just a moment. Stay tuned for the news. Did you like my little radio show I just did the other? Oh, all kinds of little whoopies. <laughs> and there they go, charging ever. Charging on with the charge of the light brigade. Ours, not to question. Ours, but to do and die. <laughs> I dig that clinker up for crying out loud. Yeah, I know it's great. Hey, listen, I'll tell you, speaking of that piece of music, will you reset that, Herb, all the way at the beginning? That piece of music, uh, you kind of liked the Mystic Swami, didn't you? <laughs> I can see a lot of people tuning fast, you know, in the middle of the show, and all of a sudden, hey, hey, it's a great show. <laughs> oh, that kind of jazz gets them all the time. We're real patsies. But you know that another. Speaking of of, uh, of the infinite variety, there was another wild show, uh, which uh, for a while the old man got hung on. He used to listen to this thing because of the, the the insane exotic quality of it. This guy would come on late at night. Now I don't know whether or not this was broadcast across the country. Now this might have been a local show. I don't know, but this guy would come. Late at night, he would come on maybe about the old 10, 30, 11 o'clock, something like that. And he had a theme that was an organ playing something like, uh, oh, it would come on very portentous. It would come on like, and the announcer would come in and say in a very quiet voice, as this organ is playing, Ah, sweet mystery of life, he would say, And now it is time to sleep. This program is sent to you as a public service by this radio station for the countless people in the 20th century fast, hard-hitting world that we all live in who find it impossible to sleep. It was a program to make you sleep. And then, this is where it really got great, though. The guy would come on, the, the sleep maker, he called himself, it would go tee, 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 tee. And then the organ would slowly fade out. And this this voice that was made out of out of pure oleomargarine would come on. And he would say, as the organ faded out, Good evening, friends. It's time to sleep. Just relax. I want you to 
turn out the lights now, friends. And a violin would start to play quietly in the background, playing something like a, oh, the gypsy love song. Quietly, sinuously. And then he would begin his his subtle hypnotic work, the sleep maker. You want to hear how he did it? I wish I had some soft, sinuous music here tonight. I could show you how this guy worked. But the music played so... Do you have any of that guitar, that cheap guitar music in there? Take a look. Take a look, Herb. I'll show you how he did it. It's a fascinating show. Is it in there? Hold up what you got. I'll point I'll point to what I want. Just hold it up. I'll, I'll point. Yeah, that's pretty good. Now, uh, look on the back. There must be some quiet, soft music on that. Yeah, just just pick any one of them, then. And just make sure, though, it isn't the charge of the Light Brigade or the eight, 1812 Overture. <laughs> Get something awful quiet. You know, some nice, some nice soft ballad. Because he used to use string music, and he used this very sappy, soft, syrupy type of uh, orchestral music. And the show was... Uh, it was a very early form of LSD, actually. Uh, you don't have to cue it up, Herb. Just set it down in the middle as long as it's soft music. And here's the way he would work like this. He would come on. Oh, that's perfect. It's a little fast, but it's pretty good. Now I want all of you to lie quietly. Just relax. There, pull the covers up. Isn't that warm? Isn't that comforting? Don't you feel safe and away from it all? You're just floating now. You're floating on a soft green sea. You feel your legs just bobbing up and down, up and down. Your left leg, do you feel it now? It's just floating on the water. Feel it? There. Now you're right. Do you feel your right leg just bobbing in the current? It's so warm, so soft. And your arms now are beginning to drift. Drift up and down. Now you're asleep. This is the sleep maker. Drop in tomorrow night. Just easy. And we'll sleep our lives away. <laughs> Man, I mean, that's the kind of stuff. I mean, that's the answer to Cousin Brucey, I'll tell you. <laughs> and his stuff used to go in the old man sitting there. One guy selling them monkey grants. The other guy's lashing out at the chain stores. We'll see you tomorrow night in Middlesex High.